Today with Catherine Ruinala. She wanted to let us know that at the healing service she was delivered of extremely bad um, endometriosis or really bad pain every month for 30 years. She would have serious pain that would um, cause her to be on, on um, medication and she'd have sciatic pain, she'd be in agony, she'd feel sick. This is one week every month for 30 years. And um, that night, as she came through for prayer, I felt uh, a spirit of infirmity leave her. And then she told me afterwards, she said, I felt a spirit of infirmity leave me. And she has just written to confirm that she has been completely healed. She has had no pain whatsoever, completely free uh, for the first time in 30 years. So that's just so, so glorious. Um, she, she was saying it used to be eight or nine or 10 out of 10 pain, which would leave her really sick and in agony. And um, yeah, so praise God. He is so, so wonderful. And then she wrote, she said, I... I just lived with it for 30 years. And she said, for some reason, I didn't think about the fact that I could be free. And when I suddenly began to realize I don't have to put up with this uh, and God delivered her, you know, she's just, she's shocked. I can't believe I put up with it for this long. And so I love hearing stories like this about the delivering power of Jesus. Well, I was um, meditating today on 2 Kings, chapter 22 and chapter 23, and it's the story of Josiah there, the young king, Josiah. And Josiah came in a line of horrific kings. I mean, they were all of the line of David, but his father, grandfather, they had all walked so far away from God that they were engaging in worshipping foreign gods. They were sacrificing children to Molech in the fire. It was horrific. They had turned completely away from the ways of the Lord. And then this young boy that was prophesied about hundreds of years before was, that was to come, that was going to restore things back to the ways of God. As a young boy, he is made king. And then uh, we read in chapter 23, I'm just summarizing for you. Uh, you can have a read for yourselves later if you want to. But in chapter 23, we see Josiah turning 18. And at 18, he decides, right, we're going to get things in order. And he basically calls for an audit and gets, things, gets the finances in order, gets some sorting things out. And while they're doing it, one of the priests finds the book of the law, which is the Bible that they had up to that point. And he brings it to Josiah and he reads it to him. And Josiah just tears his clothes and repents and goes, oh God, we are so far from this. We are living so below what you have asked us to do. These are your ways and our ways don't look anything like it. Forgive us, Lord, have mercy on us. And then he goes about and cleans it all up. He gets rid of all the idols. He gets rid of all of the false um, priests. He gets rid of everything that is out of order and brings it back to the ways of God. It's the plumb line. 
that we read about, that, that when we read the Word of God, we remember, oh, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. But it's very easy culturally when we're not hearing the Word of God preached, when we're not talking about it with each other, when we're not reading it, that it's, it's easy to forget and to start to slip into cultural habits that just seem normal because your parents did it, everyone else is doing it. And very quickly, we can read through history, the ways of God can be lost when the Word of God isn't preached, when the Word of God isn't talked about. That's why we're not to forsake fellowshipping together. That's why it's so important to get together, to talk, to preach, to get the good news out, to feed ourselves on the faithfulness of God, to read the Bible together. We like to read the Bible as a family in the mornings. We, and each one takes a turn to read some scripture and then we go around the table and we pray. And, you know, we do that in a way of discipline, because we want to be, as a family, reminding ourselves about the Word of God. And then we have our own personal times in the morning, in the evening. I read my own, with my own time with the Lord and through the day, have a snack. Hallelujah. And talk with each other about the ways of God. Talk with each other about the Word of God. Talk to each other about what we're reading. And I love coming uh, on Sundays and Fridays. I love during the week. I've got Trevor encouraging me, you should read this. And Aaron will come over for a meeting and he'll go, oh, by the way, I'm reading this. Oh, I've had this revelation. And I'll be like, oh, I got to read that. That's awesome. That's so good. And talking about revelation sparks revelation. I get with Carsten and oh, he's got more revelation. And, and as you hear what the Lord is saying, you are provoked. And the more you think about these things, the more your heart and your actions start to line up. Because as we see Him in the Word of God, we, we have light. Hallelujah. And we can recognize what is not right. So when you turn the light on, you can see everything. And that's what the Word of God does for us. Hallelujah. And so it's very easy to just culturally fall into habits. I mean, if, if you lived a hundred years ago even, and you were a Christian, and you came into the world today and discovered that it's culturally acceptable and normal for couples just to live together for a while before they get married, then... Um, you'd be shocked. you go, it's shameful. Is it wrong? But culturally, we're almost afraid to say that. Because we've forgotten what the Word of God says. The Bible says that keep the marriage bed undefiled. Hallelujah. I'm going to just preach the truth. Don't be... I mean, it doesn't mean we don't love you. If you're, if you're living together, we love you. And, and, but we, we want you to know the truth that no matter what, what you're doing, the Word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It's not about rules and regulations. It's about the, the highest way, the best way for us. Hallelujah. I mean, but then I see myself, myself falling into cultural habits. And I have to be careful to recognize, hang on, what does the Word of God say? 
I was having a conversation with Emily this morning. Uh, Emily's my 24-year-old. And um, I said to Em, you've done really well, Emily. Like when um, uh, Dad had a, a cold, he had a cough for a while. And I said, and you haven't had any cough or sore throat or anything. And I said, how'd you do that? And she said, well... I got a bit of a sore throat one night and then I said to, said to my sore throat, I'm not having you in the name of Jesus, go in Jesus' name. And she said, and so I was healed. And then she said, and a few nights later, I was sitting on the couch and dad was coughing and she thought to herself, oh, I might get a cold. And then she went, no, that's a lie. In the name of Jesus, I'm the healed of the Lord. And she's just stayed healthy. And I, I, I say that because even myself... I have found that culturally it's very easy to slip into a habit. I, I remember as a child, um, my mum was very conscious about illnesses and sicknesses. She was a medical secretary and had been married to a doctor and had enough medical knowledge to have knowledge of all the things that you could get. And, um, and I think I had every test under the sun, even though I was healthy, um, just you know, always being cautious, and it's because she loved us. But my mindset became very accustomed to being very attuned to every symptom. It could be this, what if it's this, <gasps> what if it's that? And culturally, I was, I was trained to be concerned and anxious all the time about my health. But the Bible tells us, we read in Psalm 91, that... Um, no plague shall come nigh our dwelling. That a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. That by his stripes we were healed. Hallelujah. And we can know it, but when it comes to culturally applying it, sometimes it stays in the realm of our mental knowledge instead of the application of our everyday life. And I really believe that the Holy Spirit is wanting to bring the standard of the church to a new place where we start to walk in true freedom. Hallelujah. Um, we've been reading about the promises of Isaiah 53. Surely, which means absolutely without doubt, completely um, without any doubt, surely he has borne our sicknesses, our diseases, our malady, or everything that is painful. And as you look at that word, we, we went through it the other night. It means malady, anxiety, calamity, disease, grief, sickness. Surely he has borne it. Hallelujah. And then I taught on the fourfold atonement where he was wounded for our transgressions, which is our sin, our rebellion. He was bruised for our iniquity, which is our perversity, our crookedness, everything about us that was crooked. He was uh, punished so that we could become new creations in Christ. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hooray. Praise the Lord. That's a good thing. 
we are new. We've not only been forgiven our sin as we've confessed our sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us for our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He won't even remember our sin. And then he's given us a brand new heart and make, put a new nature inside of us. So we are no longer sinners, but we've become saints. Hallelujah. By the grace of God with a new heart that doesn't want to sin anymore. Hallelujah. We can still get tempted, but when we fall into sin, your heart as a new creation will be going, oh, I'm unhappy, this isn't good. And and you'll be feeling uncomfortable because it's no longer a good fit for you because you're a new creation. Hallelujah. He was punished for our peace. Now that word peace in the Hebrew, who can tell me what it is? Shalom, amazing word. That means safe, well, happy, friendly, welfare, health, prosperity, peace, favor, good health, rest, safe, welfare. It goes on. The wholeness that God has for us, the shalom, prosperity in every area of our life. He was punished so that we could have prosperity in every area of our life. Wow. And by his stripes, by the beating that he took in his body, we are healed. That word healed is mend, is cured, thoroughly make whole. Hallelujah. So we've got these incredible promises in the word of God. Jesus' sacrifice did this for us. Wow, this is available to us. Praise the Lord. He is good to us. And as I, as I look at that, I realize, though, that sometimes knowing the Word of God, we can actually have it on one level. We can have it mentally. We can know what it should be. But then in our everyday habits, still conform to the pattern of the world. Yet God wants us to be set free. He says, for freedom, I've set you free. Hallelujah. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. And we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 1, which I love, says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if all these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his past sins. Now we know what he's telling us here is I've already given you through the atonement everything pertaining to life and godliness. You have the mind of Christ. You have the nature of Christ. You have all the virtues of Christ. So, And then he tells us, 
basically, I've put it all before you on the table. Make sure you make every effort to grab a hold of this and grab a hold of godliness and grab a hold of every virtue that I have and put it on like a superpower. Make sure you use it. Make sure you put it on. And then he says, for if you are lacking any of these virtues in your outworked life, it's because you've forgotten. You've, you've forgotten what I've given you. I've been spring cleaning. In fact, the whole family been spring cleaning this weekend. And we've been cleaning out the garage and cleaning out the cupboards and filling up the trailer with all sorts of stuff. And Tom and Joseph have been doing runs to the dump at the trailer. It feels great. All this rubbish and all this stuff we don't use, stick it in the trailer. Fantastic. I love it. Praise the Lord. But it's interesting, as we go through the cupboards, I discover things that, oh, I forgot I had that. I could have been using that all this time. And I've, it's just been sitting in the cupboard and I completely forgot that I had that. Anybody ever done that? It's a similar thing with the Word of God. We have all these incredible precious promises, all these incredible benefits from being a child of God. But if we don't remind ourselves about it, then we don't get the, the blessing and the privilege of walking in it. When Josiah put things right, when he realized and he could see it, the blessing of God came on him and he was able to enjoy the blessing that came from the Word of God. And in the same way, we can get a hold of these promises as we remind ourselves, as we talk about these things, as we think about these things, as we read about these things, as we write these things down, as we talk to each other about these things. One of the other cultural things that we can get into is simply gossip. Like talking about somebody else that in a way that makes the person you're talking to think badly about the person you're talking about. It's sin. It's just called sin. But it's, it's common. And yet it's not the Word of God. The Bible tells us really clearly, if you've got something against somebody, you're concerned about it, you go to the person and you talk to them about it. If they don't listen, then you get someone else and you go to the person with that other person. You don't go to another person and talk about that person. Oh, did you hear about this? Basic. But we forget. And we're just engaging in gossip. But if you had someone, if someone came and gossiped to you and you went and said, hey, that's gossip, you'd remind them very quickly. I don't need to hear that. That's gossip. Have you talked to the person about that? You'll find that people don't gossip to you anymore. And the Word of God is serious. He wants us to learn how to live in a way that glorifies His name. Hallelujah. So we've got to be careful with our mouths. We've got to be careful with our thinking. And we have all these promises. So we know, who, who can um, tell me Romans 8.1, one, one of our memory verses? Oh, you are good, church. Thank you, Jesus. They learned their memory verses. <laughs> Therefore... There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hooray! Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Very good. There's a few from my era. Praise the Lord. 
We can celebrate. Praise God. But even being born again, new creations in Christ, having confessed our sins, um, received the mercy of God, we can still walk around with condemnation, guilt, and shame. Yes? Because the enemy will come and he'll try to remind you or, or try to get you to say, let's go down memory lane and think about all the regrets. Oh, if only you hadn't done that. Or if only you had done that. Or if only you hadn't gone there. If only you did that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The moment you go with him down that track, your emotions follow. And you start feeling bad. You know, we are not to live by our emotions, but we are to lead our emotions, hallelujah, by what we believe. And so if I was to show you a, a film about something really sad, your emotions would probably follow what you're focusing on. Or if I told you a great story, your emotions would follow where you are focusing. In the same way, the enemy knows that if he can get you focused on condemnation, on guilt, on shame, on regret, then he can get you downcast, discouraged, ashamed, and lose confidence so that you, pray, that you don't pray with confidence. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says if we have confidence before him, whatever we ask, we receive. And even if our hearts condemn us, he's greater than our hearts. Hallelujah. So we, though we have this promise, therefore there is now no condemnation, we have a part to play where we have to go, right, hang on, no, soul, we're not going to go there. I'm going to think about things that are pure and lovely and have a good report. I'm going to think on things above. I'm going to set my mind on things above. I'm going to declare the Word of God. Instead of going down this track, I'm going to say, no, not going there, devil. I'm going to turn around and say, this is what the Word of God says. He says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I've confessed my sin and you don't even remember it anymore. So Father, I have your mind and neither do I have a right to remember it anymore. Father, I thank you that you say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. As you are, so am I in this world. Thank you, Lord, that you've cleansed me. You've made me whole. Thank you that you have a, a hope and a future for me. Thank you, Lord, that you've cleansed me, washed me as white as snow. Father, this is the truth and this is what I'll believe. I'm going to think about the things I can be grateful for, things I can be thankful for, things about that you have planned for me, things, Lord, that are in your word that are pure and lovely and of good report. And as I do that, the peace of God will flood my heart. Hallelujah. So we know that and we sometimes don't walk in that freedom and our focus will determine where our emotions go. But in the same way, um, as we talk to our soul, like it, it says in Psalm 43, uh, verse 5, it says, Why soul are you downcast? Why, why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him. The psalmist is talking to his emotions, saying, hey, why are you so downcast? Why are you disturbed? Put your hope in God. Let's remember the good things of God. Let's thank Him. Let's celebrate Him. I will enter His gates with thanksgiving. And, and we're not to determine what our day is going to be like based on how we feel, but we take control and we change the focus and the emotions will follow what you focus on. It's true. And so, but in the same way, 
every promise that we have is something that we need to deliberately, intentionally be reminded of, talk about, hear about, read about, listen to, think about, because as we keep it front of mind, as we keep it in focus, that is where our faith, that is where our hope will go. Hallelujah. And so if we have a symptom or a virus or something happens, instead of just falling into a cultural pattern of, oh, okay, well, I'm going to have this for this many days and this is going to happen and I'll probably have to get anti antibiotics and, oh, yeah, this is probably going to have to happen. And we can instead remind ourselves, hey, body, this is the truth. The Bible says that by his stripes... I was healed. The Bible says that Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. There was no sickness in the garden. Jesus came to restore us from the curse. Sickness is a curse from the enemy. Jesus came to deliver us from all the sickness. Part of the atonement is that I would be made whole, that I would prosper and be in health. And so body in the name of Jesus, pain, you can't stay. Symptom, go in the name of Jesus. I'm the healed of the Lord. And then instead of giving the giving the, the symptoms, the, the focus, start talking about, thinking about, reading about the truth, put it in your mouth, determine and decide this is where we're going and this is what's going to happen. And even change our expectation. 